Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. So we're just starting uh, week two of school, and there are two uh, bus drivers who are already on uh, on leave. They've been sent home because they snapped at the kids. Uh-oh. Now, look, we all know, and we should be able to admit, that most of uh, our children are at their core jerks. <laughs> and and when you have a dozen, 18, 20-something little jerks on a bus all ramping each other up into their full-born jerkyism, right. I'm sure... For a bus driver, it gets annoying very quickly. Oh, unbelievably. Yeah. And very loud. And especially, too, like right now, okay, the weather is fine. You get the windows down. You get some breeze going through. You know, the traffic's probably reasonable. You can only imagine come dead of winter, and you're trying to haul these little buggers to and from school, and there's six feet of snow. You know, it can't be much fun. And most of these bus drivers are not, you know, 20-somethings. They're... 55 plus, you know, retirees or semi-retired or who've already worked their their full yeah. <laughs> term and now are waking up at five six in the morning yeah. to go do this. Yeah, it's I I, I can appreciate, but um, this one teacher uh, I guess decided to turn around and threaten to oh, bus shoot driver? them. Yeah, the bus yeah. driver uh, turned around and threatened to shoot them if they didn't shut up. Oh, yeah, that that you uh, you really can't do right. Although, that being said, you know, uh, I remember me as a kid, had I come home and told my parents this story, my father probably would have turned to me and said, yeah, well, I would have threatened to shoot you as well. But <laughs> nowadays, it doesn't work like that. The uh, the parents and the uh, all the adults in the room can't seem to work together. We all just kind of side with our kids and uh, move along. I mean, there was no hiding the fact that she did this because one kid had a phone going and recorded the whole thing. Okay. And so, you know, she... she I worry about that, though, because that, that to me says that maybe the kids were trying to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll bet you there have been times where a bunch of kids on a, on a bus, because uh, I would assume... Uh, I haven't had kids riding a school bus in a very long time, but I, I would assume you kind of get the same driver and same... Right. It's not like they switch up. So after a while, I think kids, you know, in the, in the bullying department, maybe all decide that they're going to drive this bus driver crazy. Yeah. You know? and they go out of their way to uh, to annoy. Yeah. Once the cameras come out, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes it, it's it's a design play. Yeah. Like you think, you know, even your own kids, you, two two boys in the back of the car. When my kids were young, same thing. Even just two children in a car can be too much to bear sometimes. Oh, well, I mean, I haven't threatened to shoot them, but I've certainly threatened to abandon them <laughs> on a few occasions. Oh, yeah, that would be my thing, is I know, because I have zero patience, that if I was that bus driver, I would pull over on the side of the road, I'd open the door, and I would demand to get out. Get out. You can't leave me here. Get out. I know I'd lose my job. There'd be a whole thing, but I, I know that I that's probably what I would do. Well, and listen, that would, you know, we've had... We have a, a love-hate relationship when it comes to teachers in terms of there's a lot of jealousy mm-hmm. that goes on with the teachers and the fact that they, you know, they're paid pretty well and uh, and get the summer off or, okay, they tell us seven or eight weeks, not the whole summer. That's, um, that's right. But regardless, the one thing we aren't jealous of is the fact that they've got to deal with our kids mm-hmm. because for the most part, we barely can stand our kids and we don't like other people's kids. Yeah. 
So to combine them all together, that's the one caveat to dealing with that job. We say, okay, you deserve what you get. You know, I, I guess it's all just different levels of annoying because our, you know, how annoying are grade one kids compared to grade 11 kids? And, and I guess, too, uh, at what level? Like, I, w- I would think that for some kids who are in a higher level of learning and they're taking, like, math and sciences and whatever, they're in those programs because they want to be. Mm. So that's probably easier for the teacher. I would think kind of kids who are just going through the general level, just, you know, kind of scraping by at 60% and whatever, are probably tougher because they're they're really not into it. Whereas maybe the kids who are into it think they know it all anyhow, so they're tough to deal with because they think they've got all the, the brilliance and figured everything out. And then the little ones, oh, my God, just like seeing disease on the floor. It would be, you know, they'd be just unbearable. You can only imagine, too, for the bus driver, you see those young ones, and there's a duty there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is your first experience with getting to school. I'm going to get you there. Yeah. We're going to take care of you. It's a motherly or fatherly figure. For the little ones. For the yeah. little ones. There's and then you got to deal with the preteens and mm-hmm. early teens where... You know, they've been down this road before, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that it would, I would imagine drive me nuts. Oh, sure. It's also interesting to watch because the school bus stops right at, to, at my corner uh, in the afternoon. I always see them. And now I've been in this house for some time, so I have seen some young children go from, you know, knee high to hip high to shoulder high. And some of them, their parents were there right from the beginning and picking them up and walking them home. And then after a while, some the the parents let them do it on their own. But there are still a few who I swear are probably 12, 13. The parents are still meeting them mm. and walking them home. Do they have to cross that big road there that's by you, lady? No, it's just the residential street. Oh, okay. Even then. Come right. on, 13. There's a crossing guard just up at that other school. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. Do they wipe their bum on their own? Like... <laughs> Are you still cutting their food up for them? And are you chewing it and spitting in into their mouth like a bird? The Emmys are on tonight. Keenan Thompson, I believe, is uh, hosting. And uh, somebody, maybe a, an astrologer, I would guess, uh, decided to figure out what TV shows that are up for Emmys uh, best suit your Zodiac sign. So, for example, if you're Aries, then Squid Game. Is your kind of show. If okay. Taurus, Yellow Jackets. Geminis like Stranger Things. Cancers like a show called What We Do in the Shadows. Leos like Abbott Elementary. Virgos only murders in the building. Libra like Pam and Tommy. I think we can all agree we like Pam and Tommy. So, uh, Scorpios like Ozark, Sagittarius, Ted Lasso. Capricorn, Succession, Aquarius, Euphoria. And Pisces dig better call Saul. Okay, so I'm a Virgo. Okay. I like uh, Only Murders in the Bedroom. Yes. Why Why do I like that? Have you watched that I show? I haven't seen that, no. Probably it's got Steve should. Martin in it, right? Yeah. Steve Martin and um, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, the young... I forget now. But yes, Steve Martin is... Uh, and Martin Short's in it as yeah. well with uh, Steve Martin and um, Selena Gomez, I believe. Oh, okay. If you are a Virgo, which you are, it says... Uh, uh, it's uh, really uh, a deeply observational show, and Virgos teach the master class in detection and unearthing. 
This Earth sign will find much to dig and dig into on Hulu's Only Murders in the Building, a show about a trio of neighbors on the hunt to solve a slaying. Okay. <clears throat> I guess um, you, along with Scorpios, get credit for being the suspicious super sleuth of that Zodiac. Gotcha. That's why Scorpios like Ozark, right? I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. Um, now, I also am a big fan of Ted Lasso, so what does that... Well, that would put you... Where was that? That was Sagittarius. Down low, yeah. yeah. Well, let's just go see them. Let's just make this all about me, Craig. You, I know you do love the star signs. Ah. Uh-huh. Like, you believe in this stuff, right? No, no, I don't. Oh, you don't? No. Only when it tells you that you're going to win a million dollars. Right. Only when, only when it's in my favor. That's what most people do. I mean, they still yeah, have sure. horoscopes in the paper. Yeah. Well, I mean, they still have a paper, but they still have horoscopes all around. I remember I worked at this a little station in Brampton, and they had a, um, a woman who wrote the, uh, the star signs in the paper, and she would host a little half-hour show, uh, like one or two days a week, and I would off the board and work all the equipment. The phone lines, people wanted to be on hold for an hour before oh, yeah. that show even went on the air. Like, I, uh, it's funny, I'll read them, and you always find, they're so generic, yeah. right? But I, I I don't know if I would go to one, like, go, go to a psychic and mm. have that. I, I think that would wig me out. Oh, really? Yeah. Have I ever, I think I went to one once, but I, I'm so just, don't believe any of it. Right. That. I was just like, yeah, okay. It's always, it's very vague. Yes, normally, yeah. You're going to get a job, really. You're going to fall in love. Everything's going to be great. You're going to die. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I thought I was getting out of this alive. Um, well, if you have something maybe in common with Sagittarius people, optimistic energy that serves them well, and especially when the odds are stacked against them, believing in a central theme, uh, Ted Lasso, a series about a habitually hopeful American football coach played by Jason Sudeikis. Hired to lead a uh, British soccer team. So it looks like if you are uh, see yourself as optimistic. Oh, okay. Then that's that one. And then, of course, for me, I'm a Leo, so I'm all about the Abbott Elementary, which I do watch, and it's quite funny. I don't know that one. It's a sitcom. You don't watch sitcom. Okay. It's on ABC. It's, uh, it's, it's very well written. Uh, Leo's rule, the house of creativity and play, and at best, lions of all ages maintain a childlike sense of wonder. Or at worst, an adolescent approach to conflict. Guilty. Uh, at their best when trying to be uh, to be better, Leos will find much to roar about in this comedy series. So, uh, if you wanted to go to, what is it, uh, NewYorkPost.com, if you wanted to look up your star sign and see which show is best suited for you. All right. All right. Netflix might be changing things. Binging might be done at Netflix, at least for some shows. Uh, if you love to devour an entire season of a show in one sitting, this might not be good for you. But Netflix is facing so much competition uh, with all the other streaming services and all their original content. They think the weekly format will keep viewers engaged over longer periods of time. Wow, really? Yeah, they're going to go back to the way it once was. Well, you know, it's almost appointment tuning. But you can't even make it that now because once the show, even if you decided, well, I'll just wait the whole year for the show to be loaded, and then I'll binge it. You know, but then you're going to be way behind. My, my God, it takes long enough for a Netflix show to come back now as, right. as it is. Uh, it, would, it would give fans a chance to discuss, predict, um, debate, and also it would stop down on spoilers. Like, for example, uh, Cobra Kai just had its new season fully yes, released. Right. If you binged it over the weekend, now you ruin it for somebody else if you tell them something that happens in episode nine. Yeah, okay, I get it. But uh, the same sense, I think that's why we go to so many streaming services all the time is because we want to binge mm-hmm. things, right? Yep. Um, you know, maybe I'd, I'd, I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, the four episodes at a time. 
wait a couple of weeks and then do another four, give you time to watch it at your own pace mm. that way, and that way you can still kind of binge if you've got a day and you really want to see a couple of episodes uh, and then wait a couple of weeks for the next set to come out. I think we're so used to doing it that way now. But, you know, you look back to when you would watch, like, Seinfeld or any of your favorite shows, you really got kind of excited uh, for the next one. You know, you got that one episode, you talk about it with your friends, you know, and then you'd wait the week. Now I find, even watching old shows and old sitcoms, they just go by you so fast. You don't really take them in and enjoy them and appreciate them. Yeah. You know? I just, I find, I can see it from the sense uh, of the actual streaming service that they're, they would want to avoid people who are signing up for one show. Right. Like for me, Apple was that way. Right. Ted Lasso, and then when it's done, I'm I'm still waiting for the next season. But I could, I don't think I've turned Apple on since. Oh, really? Eh? Uh, and you know, same goes with Amazon. I was watching that, uh, like uh, John Krasinski had a show on there. What was it? Um, it was taken off the, uh, the like Zach a, Ryan the series. Yeah, right. right. I watched that, and then I was like, oh, okay, I I barely go back to it now. Yeah, and there's so much. Like I have that Amazon Fire Stick, and I, yeah, I'm not. I'm, uh, I get billed for it every month, but so much there that yeah, I'm, I just really go to Netflix and HBO mostly. Yeah, but I mean, I would like crave basically for Letter Kenny, mm. and then and then get rid of it, right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe that's what they want to stop, or people that take advantage of their three months free or a cheaper price for three months and then ditch it. I'm sure somewhere you could find. You don't need to have uh, the crave for that. Yeah, I'm sure you could dig around and find downloads of Letter right, Kenny. Yeah. Um, it's like a lot of effort. Speaking of seeing things, I finally saw the Elvis movie uh, over the oh, weekend. okay. And it was quite good. It was really, really well done. But boy, it really paints Colonel Tom as a, just a complete a-hole. Just he, a horrible human being. Have, like, have him tied to some ridiculous contract oh, yeah. anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, you pretty much was, right? He promised him. Like, it's it's narrated by uh, Tom Hanks, and but it really paints the Colonel into to what, yeah, how he screwed him over. Like, he promised him. Uh, in six months or something, you can go to Europe. You just got to do this Vegas thing. And then because he owed so much money to the International Hotel of his own gambling debts, he rooked him into oh. like He could have been making a million dollars a show. He was making a million dollars a year playing Vegas. Yeah, it's not good. Daniel Radcliffe learned how to play the accordion for the Weird Al movie. I was wondering about that. Yeah. When I heard he was playing weird, it just seemed so weird. Well, it's weird. Part intended to be done, but yeah, yeah. He said it was. Uh, he wanted to, you know, he wanted to try. He was enti- entirely self-inflicted. Nobody told him he had to. Uh, weird Al just kept giving him uh, hints along the way, telling him to please pump more. Right. I gotta get that air going through that thing. And Harrison Ford got all choked up talking about his final Indiana Jones movie. He was at uh, Disney's uh, Expo, and. Uh, he went to hype up the uh, fifth Indiana Jones, got uh, upset. He said, uh, we have a real human story to tell as well as a movie that will kick your ass. This is it. I will not fall down for you ever again. Well, he shouldn't because he might not be able to get up. He's, well, that's true. You know, isn't he close to the Queen's age he, now? He, he may fall, but it, yeah. won't be, it won't be on cue. No, it'll be just the next plane he crashes. But, uh, yeah, and you know, interesting with Harrison Ford in that I guess he had cut a deal with Spielberg or whoever that when he dies, Indiana Jones dies with him. It's not like it's going to be a Bond type thing. Those movies are still really good, I think. For, like, it's good family viewing. Your kids are at a probably a perfect spot on age to watch the old Indiana Jones movies. I think the first so. ones. Yeah, I've been meaning to take them through that. Yeah, it's it's a good one. I tried a few years ago. They were a bit young, and then they kind of didn't get a couple of the spots there when we got into the uh, the Nazis and ghosts and stuff flying around. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, they, and they just couldn't sit through it, right? Yeah, they were like, long. Okay. It seems long for yeah. Yeah, the face melting and all that stuff. Mm. Like, a bit much. Whatever. I when I was a kid and I didn't understand why somebody in a movie died. I remember my dad being so thoughtful and heartfelt. He turned to me and he said, "Son, every now and then some rat bastard's got to suck a pipe." <laughs> I said, "Okay, I get it, pops." So the uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, World Tour carries on um, and uh, came up with some random facts just about Queenie. Of course, she was queen for 70 years and 214 days, making her the longest reign, uh, the longest reigning British monarch. But she's second in overall because Louis XIV in France, he outlasted her. He sat on the throne for 72 years and 110 days from 1643 to 1715. Really? He started the gig when he was five. Right. Uh, um, when she passed away last week, at least nine out of every ten living human beings had never known a British monarch other than hers. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. The Queen ruled for so long uh, that she made her eldest son, Charles, the longest-serving heir apparent in British history at 73. Now he's got to set his alarm every morning. <laughs> I don't like this, Mummy. Mama. It's going to be, uh, I think, you know, in regards to Charles, it'll be really interesting to see, like, how the press deals with him, how the general consensus is in England or around the world on him being king. And that'll, you know, take some time. People will either think it's great or have issues with him. The thing, and I don't think, you know, that the monarch is ever going away. I couldn't imagine. Although you watch all these documentaries and they always talk about how they were on the verge of destruction, but that's probably a little drama uh, for the documentary more than reality. But I think, and I've heard a few people say this, and I believe it's there's some truth to it, that People loved the Queen, and for a lot of different reasons. You know, she she really served and did a lot of amazing things. I mean, she was a mechanic during the war, for crying out loud. You know, he hasn't really had those moments, and maybe he will now that he's king. But it'll be interesting to see if uh, people were in love with the monarch or in love with her. And, and sometimes I feel like, you know, she was an older lady. She seemed like she was an older woman for a very long time. I only ever remember her as seeming like an old woman and a grandma. So you always have a little more sympathy uh, and you care a little more and, and uh, for an older woman. And sometimes we can be tougher, I guess, on, on an older man. Mm. But I just remember how sulky and childlike he got when Diana was in the spotlight. And, and I just wonder if and he's older now and he's maybe thicker skinned and he's learned more, he's more mature. But he but what happens if like people just constantly compare him to his mom and how his mom did the job so much better than perhaps he is or if he finds it tough following her shadow? Right. You know, it's a tough gig to fill someone who is, you know, so beloved. Right. Yeah. I mean, listen, he's not the first person to uh, to go through a messy divorce. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and not react well to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, wh- whether or not that is held against him, I, I just you know I, I think he's been waiting so long for this role. He's been groomed so long for mm-hmm. this role that you know he'll want to at least see it through for a while. Yeah, unless things start going off the rails. Like I I suspect because there's still such a love affair with Diana, certainly with the Crown, and now HBO's got this new princess documentary that's. Uh, a lot of people have been watching. There's still such a, a, a love affair with her, and maybe that would have slid over time too. But she died at such a young age and such a, a beautiful woman that this, you know, 
it's, it's always going to be in people's memories. And so you wonder if someone like William, if people would fall for him more because he does a lot of the charity work his mother did. He is the son of Diana. Well, that's why they still revere Harry, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, you hate him, but <laughs> there's so well, many. To be honest, I have little or no use for right. any of them. I think they're a complete waste of time. So many of have a soft spot for William and Harry because of what they witnessed them mm-hmm. go through, watched them go through with the death of their mother. And, yep. and, and yes, they will stick around for William. Uh, to to give to see him through mm-hmm. with that, and you know what I, I wonder though, like what happens with all of the the support staff that the Queen had, right? Like they have like a lady in waiting, yeah. so like basically like waits over them, does all their, their secretarial duties, and like even working for that same person mm-hmm. for all this time. Do, do do they carry on or do they just retire now? I don't maybe do some come and go like is it i'm sure there are some people on her staff who have been there for decades but there might be others you know the 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 head chef or someone in charge of laundry or i mean people come and go i'm sure there will be a lot of his own staff who are brought in the people who are in charge of watching the corgis well she had so what happened was she had 30 of them over her lifetime she stopped breeding them her last one died in 2018 she didn't want any of those dogs to outlive her right yeah well, yeah, there were people worried that they're going to kill the dogs off now that yeah. she's gone. But that's, yeah. that's not going to happen. But still, there's someone wiping up going, hey, the yeah. old lady's not even here anymore and I'm still doing this. Stupid dog. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, she was so in love with those things. And you wonder now, will there be a big uh, run on sales of corgis? Right. She was then at one point crossbreeding like dash hounds and corgis and was calling them dorgies. Oh, really? Yeah. Her first, her first dog's name in 1933, Dookie. <laughs> you named your dog after a poop. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with all of that. Yeah, because even when she did that um, that video with uh, Daniel Craig, yes. the dogs were at her feet. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Maybe, maybe Charles will like redo the whole palace. Like, does he <laughs> does he take over her room? You know, all of a sudden, he's got pub signs up on the walls, <laughs> right. putting in taps. <laughs> It'd be like King Ralph all over. Oh again. yeah, totally. Are you one who silently judges others? I think we all do it. You know, I'm very guilty. I can be somewhere in the public and see somebody doing something, and I just sit there and judge them. We all silently judge. Oh like, yeah, silently judge. Yes. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've shared with people around me. Look at that guy. Look what he's doing. How weird is that? Um, people really uh, do get us um, annoyed quickly. Like if you see somebody who, uh, say, litters or leaves the bathroom without washing their hands or is a jerk to, say, uh, service workers. But there's other things people were asked about uh, what they judge and silently, silently judge others for. People who park at a gas pump when they're not actively pumping gas or paying inside. People who just sit there fooling around on their phone. People who put their blinker on after they get in the turning lane or when they're already mid-turn. Allowing your child to run around and scream at places they shouldn't. Yes, I would be quick to judge that. Right. Yeah, yes. We judge parents. We certainly judge other drivers Mm. all the time. Yeah. And, and And make assumptions about them. Based on, like, one small thing. Like, a lane change 
or a left turn mm. could make you a jerk to mm. someone else. Oh, you must be an absolute J-hole. I'm finding more and more that I'm getting annoyed with people who cannot move it along in either a mall or a grocery store or don't understand how to stick to one side. Okay, if you got to look at the cookie selection for a bit, do you have to stand mid-aisle with your cart? Right. Can't you move over so others can get around? Well, yeah, there's just no common courtesy or decency anymore. People who stand in doorways and have a conversation at the mall. Get out of the way. You ever find, too, like just walking in crowded spaces now, like the mall or, or, or you know, for me, hockey arenas all the time. People just, like, do not move over. Nope. Don't look up. Don't move over. No, I know. And listen, I understand seniors are going to be a little slower than others, but for the love of good God, move along. <laughs> I know you have all day, but I don't. Um, you, although you are one where your patience level is significantly lower mm-hmm. than, than the majority of the population. Yes. Uh, people who take their dog to a store and then leave them alone in a car, especially if it's a hot day. But now, what is the, uh, what's the timeline on that? Like, I've got a dog. Mm. How long can I leave him? Oh, I would say maybe a couple of minutes. Like, I think if you're just popping in to grab one item. Right. I mean, what are you taking them with you for anyhow? If you're, if, Well, if he just happens to be with me. I'm not like, I'm not running out to Costco and, oh, here, come on, Coop, let's go. Right. But I wouldn't. What happened to me in the car? Like, oh, I got to stop and run into the, uh, the store for a quick second and grab that, some milk. I think if I had the dog with me in the car, I wouldn't. Like, I, yeah, I'd just take him home and I'd go back out. Or I guess here's the flip side. Um, if I'm in a parking lot and I see a dog in a car, how long do I give it? Yeah, I well, look, I guess if the windows were up and it was a really hot day and it looked like it was in some sort of distress, I guess I'd be going to manage. I mean, I, I don't think I'd be smashing windows on cars right. or handling it myself. I think I'd probably call 911 if it looked like the dog was in trouble. or I mean, if it was really in trouble and looked like it was almost lights out, then, of course, you're going to do something drastic. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I sometimes people get a little too involved. Too. What do you mean? Like, Mind what's your the business. deadline on there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, people get so weird with the dogs. You can see a family of four children in the backseat of a car, not give a crap. Of one, <laughs> one puppy, and we're all losing our minds. <laughs> on the line for Holinda's Meats, it's Chef Ted Reader. Good morning, Ted. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? I'm vertical and having a good day. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Teddy, I wanted to ask you, last week, my colleague Craig was out shopping, and he actually texted me because he saw a brisket that he thought was on sale. Long story short, it wasn't, and he's delusional, but uh, we were thinking, okay, smoker, and, and let's smoke a brisket. And when I think of my smoker, and I've got one of those Traeger pellet grills, Brisket's really what I use it for the most, maybe some chicken wings here and there. What am I missing out on, Ted? What are other things that we should be thinking about when it comes to the smoker? Well, you can pretty much do anything in a pellet smoker. Um, You're not limited just to brisket. You know, you can do pork shoulders and you can do... Uh, you can do your chicken wings and chicken legs and a whole chicken, and you can even do snack mix. And you can do burgers because a pellet smoker can also go up to five, 600 degrees. Right. You can get them nice and hot. But uh, I was down at uh, this past weekend, I was down at the Taste of the Kingsway, and we were doing... Uh, I was working for a barbecue company, and we were doing all kinds of sampling, and and uh, the pellet smoker company was beside me, 
And one of the chefs there had done an eye of the round in the pellet smoker. And he'd rubbed it down with with some kind of rub, and I think it was just their, their basic rub that they used. And he put it in there, and he cooked it to an internal temperature of about 135 degrees. And then let it rest, covered it, and he let it rest for a good 15 to 20 minutes. Hmm. And then he sliced it real thin. And he took the bread and he dipped it into the juices that were left in the pan. And then he put that meat on top of that piece of bread. And I tell you, it was absolutely fantastic. So, Ted, when I'm putting this on a smoker, is it going in like a cast iron pan and then in the smoker? No, you're just putting it in your smoker. And you're putting a probe in the center of it so you can watch that internal temperature. Like a brisket, you're going to take up to 200 degrees approximately, right? Mm -hmm. But... You know, you can also cook things so that you can have it come out at rare or medium rare or medium. So if you did a pork loin, you'd want to take it up to maybe 145 degrees, 150 at the most, and let it rest. And then you cut it nice and thin, and it'll be delicious. But a prime rib in there uh, is perfect. You can do tomahawk steaks in that thing. Wow. Big, thick, juicy steaks. Yeah, you're only limited by your imagination, Lucky. Right. And you're sitting beside that lunatic all day long. You know your imagination's <laughs> running wild. Wants to stick me in the smoker, I think, some days. Um, and the eye of round in the world of uh, beef is actually an inexpensive cut, right? So you can really work some magic with a, a cheaper piece of beef. Yes, you can. Yeah. And it's nice if you if you wanted to marinate that overnight, I would just rub it down and then put with the rub on it and put it in your fridge overnight so the flavors of that rub would get into the meat. I'd probably do something like a uh, a coffee rub or a coffee ancho chili kind of a rub on it, something that makes it uh, taste a little bit more robust and blends well with the depthness of the flavor of the uh, of the beef. And then uh, and then Take it on up, and if you want to cook it to rare, then cook it to rare. If you want to cook it to well done, then knock yourself out. You'll have a nice pair of shoes. <laughs> Ted, what's the timeline on this? Because a lot of times when I'm, I'm thinking of the smoker, you know, obviously a brisket takes 12, 13, 14 hours, uh, and it's a, it's a full-day commitment to that. If I am just might want to make dinner and get you know a small roast or a small eye of the round like that, uh, is this a couple hours maybe? Yeah. Two to three hours tops, okay. and and it's important to use the internal probe, so that way you can watch that temperature, and 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 pinpoint it to where exactly you want to get it, and that'll be dead center, and and then pull it out, and let it rest. And Ted, for people who uh, maybe have a gas grill and haven't wanted to invest in perhaps a smoker, but would like to uh, to try it, are those little uh, containers, those smoker kits that you can put inside of a, a gas grill? Do they work pretty close? To simulate oh, a yeah, smoker? Well, they're, they're going to give you real smoke. Mm-hmm. You may need to replenish that, uh, that container. I was working with a gas grill that had a smoker tube in it. And so you filled the trough with, with wood chips and okay. you slid it back into the smoker and you used the burner to ignite the, the wood chips and then shut it off. And you created a nice atmosphere of smoke throughout your gas grill. Um, you know, you, you just play and work it and, and you can do anything on it. And that's really the, the, the bottom line is that you can uh, modify your menus and expand your repertoire of what you're going to cook and uh, make it a little more exciting. It's not just for doing burgers and dogs all the time, you know, going out to a grill. Right. You can cook anything you want. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's the fun part.
Well, so many grills now, too. They, they come with so many different accessories. That, yeah, you're right. You could do your whole meal right there, all things, the sides and everything on the grill. And I guess if you were just cooking on a normal grill, then maybe a rotisserie uh, unit to uh, spin that eye around would be good as well. Rotisserie unit would be done. You could do it on a on a plank, or you could just oh. sear it, oh. and then and then put it to the side and close the lid and roast it like you would in an oven. Perfect. I might try that. That's excellent. Yeah, and just take idea. that thermometer probe and keep an eye on your internal temperature. Beautiful. That's the key. All right, Teddy. Well, listen. If people want to talk eye around or smoking or grilling or see what's going on at the joint in this week's signature sandwich, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you're going to find me at Ted Grills in the social media world. Rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.